Hi, my name is Jeremy Meyer, and I like movies and filmmaking. Do you like to sit around for a while? Found yourself a little pet crocodile. Do you like to just live in the moment? Do you like the stars, the moon, and the comets? What do you like, do you like? 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 Welcome to What Do You Like, the podcast where you get to know a person through their passions and hobbies. I'm your host, Jeremy Zaha, and today we're having a wonderful conversation with someone who I've known for a few years now, but most importantly, with someone who has a similar affliction as me, in that we both grew up with the same first name. And I joked about affliction. It's really a gift. The great name of Jeremy. Uh, We both had this from birth. And I think it's really shaped who we are today and made us both amazing people. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jeremy Meyer. Welcome to podcast, Jeremy. Wow. Thank you. That was a great intro. Well, it's a great favorite Jeremy nickname growing up. Um, I still, I mean, so it, it's a weird transition. I'm sure you've experienced this too. Like as uh, small children is probably Jeremy because oh, people, a lot of that people struggle with Jeremy. Um, people still struggle with the fact that it's three syllables. Yes. Uh, I get Jeremy a lot, which sounds almost identical to Jeremy. I don't yeah. really care. Sometimes I'll say Jeremy. Yeah. Um, it's, sometimes it just rolls out that way. Yeah, Jer Bear was also one that oh, I, I got a lot enjoyed. of that. I yeah. still get that today. Yeah, and I, I actually was just speaking with a, a friend, and we literally went over like every known, um, nickname for Jeremy, and one of them that showed up <laughs> was Jerry, and I was like, "That's not." My a wife calls me that all the time to oh, the point where she she nannies for these kids, and one of the kids only knows me as Jerry, and oh, I'm like, "That's no. not my name." She's like, "I know, but it's funny." Oh no, that uh, <laughs> if I was married to her, that'd be grounds for divorce. Uh, but I don't have the the love you guys have, so obviously there's no influence there. Oh, very strong, very strong. Um, but enough about our names, as great as it is. That might be a, uh, a future side podcast where we just talk about how great the name Jeremy is. We're not talking about names today. We're talking about the silver screen. Um, and I think it's when I started this podcast, I knew Jeremy was going to be a guest in this podcast. And I told him, I'll have you on during Oscar season. And with the Oscar nominations coming out yesterday, now we're recording the Sunday, so we don't know who it is. I assume Borat wins everything. But um, I can only hope. <laughs> Wait, did they actually release the nominations already? There. Well, th- so this podcast is coming out on Tuesday. Oh. Uh, we're recording on Sunday. Uh, peek okay. behind the curtain, everyone. Um, I assume. I, I ruined ass- it. I assume everything is I, there's there's no secret here. Everyone knows that podcasts aren't live, um, but I wanted to have this guy and because he has taken his his study of movies to the next level to the point where he created his own podcast, a shelved podcast where they look at scripts that were never made. So he has scoured the Internet and found all these scripts that were never created and read them. Um, and I think that level of, of, of 
studying film, I, I really want to talk to this person. So, Jeremy, I guess to, to start the podcast, where did you fall in love with movies? Do you remember the first movie that kind of wrapped you in? I always struggle with this question just because, like, I always just remember movies being a part of my life. And I can't pinpoint the one movie where I was just like, that's my passion. But recently I was actually giving this another thought. And it's weird because this movie's come up a lot this year for some reason. But the 1999 Mummy movie with Brendan Fraser, that was the first movie that kind of made me. Because like a, a lot of my love for movies comes from the fact that one day I want to make movies. And that's why I often get, get into screenplay stuff, which we'll, we can talk about later. But um, that was the first movie where I was like, oh, like, I really like this. And this like resonated with me. And I was in like sixth grade at the time. And I just remember writing a bunch of stories that was just like ripping off that movie, but making it my own version and so I, I just watch it all the time and I just kind of like wrote my own my, my ripoff was called The Sphinx instead of The Mummy uh, <laughs> it was about all these people who got like lost in this secret chamber under the Sphinx and stuff and yeah it was just it was just like a story about me and my friends and stuff that's so interesting so for a very early age like you kind of took the movies and you tried to, to replicate that what was it just like an impulse to be like I want to write the next big mummy movie basically I mean, that's what it became, but that's not how it started. Like, I was always an avid reader, and I think that just transitioned into being an avid writer. Um, and around sixth grade was the first time I really just started writing my own stories, and then that just persisted from then on. And, you know, it was like I was watching movies, like, every day. And, I like, we had a – I lived in a very small town, and – my parents owned a bar in the town. So like everybody kind of knew us because it was like the one place to hang out in town. So I, I could get away with a lot. Like I always have a distinct memory of walking across town by myself with my dollar 50 in hand to, we had a local video store that sadly is no longer there. And I would just walk in there and just rent movies by myself. And I would rent like RoboCop and I was like five. And <laughs> like, nobody cared because they knew who i was and they knew my parents and i just go home and watch robocop and be like yeah that was great what else you got and just like rent movies on like a daily basis i think see that that is an experience that i don't think young kids can have anymore i don't think that definitely not kids don't have that kind of freedom but then again they have the internet so honestly they see a lot worse oh yeah um so their freedom is is digital um but that i think that's that's really interesting in that was there like i'm speaking specifically with robocop was it the like the box or did like other people at school kind of talk about it? what made you want to like rent those like more mature movies i to me i didn't really recognize it as being mature like i've obviously i was seeing stuff that nobody my age should have seen like robocop's a very violent movie but i, I just liked robocop and like there were toys of robocop so it's like oh he just looks cool and i love the sound of like when he walks it's that hard like and so like that stuff just resonated with me and like oh he's got this cool gun and the gun sounds cool and like oh i just wanted that action figure and it was just like watching that action figure in motion you know 
So I like that one in particular, you know, it kind of plays into my nerd stuff now. Like, oh, like superhero movies is kind of the same thing, you know. Um, but yeah, then also in that movie, you have like rapists getting shot in the dick and stuff like that. But like that stuff just didn't really I, did, I just didn't recognize it for what it was. That's I mean, I think I think that's really interesting. And it's, it's something that I mean, I at one point uh, before I became a professional podcaster, um, I was once in college for uh, middle level education. So like middle school. So I learned yeah. a lot about like child development. And without fail, the middle school years, I think, is when middle school and high school is when we basically define who we are. Um, there's a lot of growing, uh, obviously physically, but also mentally, emotionally that happens in that time period. So I find it so crazy that like sixth grade <laughs> was was the moment that you kind of developed this passion and it's like stuck. Um, so. You write your first script called The Sphinx. <laughs> was there ever a moment to like actually make it or was it really? Just no, like- it, it back then it wasn't even a script. It was just a story. Like originally I was like, oh, I'm going to write like novels one day. And then it became like, oh, well, novels are way too much work. <laughs> um, so then it, it wasn't until high school where I so, um, you know, my love for movies persisted throughout middle school, high school, you know, watching movie. I was the friend that was showing all my other friends like, Oh, you got to check out this movie, you know, and they would come over to my house and we'd watch it. And I don't, I don't remember how it started where at, at some point during the time I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to try to write like a short movie. And, you know, I wrote some stuff that was not very good. And then I just, it was always just kind of in the background. And then like right after high school, my mom actually introduced me to a guy that, her and my dad went to school with who is now a director and he like lives in texas he's a a friend of mine named jeff stolhan um and he kind of tutored me i guess like pointed me in the right direction of like hey you have this interest in writing movies read this book look at this stuff you know and he was the one who actually encouraged me to read screenplays and honestly if it wasn't for him i probably wouldn't have my podcast because that was what led to me reading screenplays for movie, like, cause he showed me a website that has like a bunch of different screenplays on it. And some of them are like, Hey, early drafts of this movie. That's very different and stuff like that. And reading that stuff is what made me be like, Hey, somebody should do like a podcast about this stuff. And I mean, that's just kind of where it started. That's I, I find it very interesting. The fact that you started to write these, these like little scripts, but you never, like high school, I think is the perfect place to like film that because also we're about the same age. Like high school is kind of when YouTube became a thing. Yeah. Um. Was there ever an impulse to like, oh, let's film this and put it in YouTube? Absolutely. None of my friends wanted to help me, uh, and, and that's always kind of been my struggle with wanting to be a writer. And it, it, you know, social media actually has made this a lot better in more recent years, but um. In high school, like my friends didn't share the passion. So I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. But like, we're, we're going to go skateboarding today. And it's like, oh, all right. And then, you know, it kind of just never was able to put anything together. And like I had like a camcorder and I always wanted to film. Hey, let's just like film, film something, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, everybody, be like, oh, yeah, that'd be a cool idea. And then they would just like when push came to shove, they would never want to do it. 
Um, so like for YouTube, I started, that's when I just started using like windows movie maker and editing like music videos and stuff. So that was kind of how I got my YouTube fix back in high school. Oh man, please tell me you made a, my sacrifice wrestling. Um, no, no wrestling. Um, at this time, I, I mean, as you know, I am a wrestling fan now, but at this time I was in between watching wrestling like I, I was really big in the Attitude Era in the '90s, and then I like early 2000s. I kind of just stopped completely until about 2011. Like I played the video games. That's how I kept up with. That's how I knew who John Cena was because I played wrestling video games. But no, I was just editing movies with like songs, and all of these still exist on YouTube. There is an old YouTube channel that I no longer have access to because it actually predates when Google owned YouTube. So like I, when that transition happened, I had like a window of time to transition that account and I never did. So now I just, I'm just locked out of that account, but all these music videos are still there. And some of them have like hundreds of thousands of views. Like I would love to see the back end of that account. That we, I will, we will, my goal is to find that. Oh, channel. I can, I can, I will send you the link. Oh my gosh. We're putting that in the notes um or the description of this podcast i I encourage everyone to check that out because that's what i'm going to be doing after this podcast (laughs) yeah it's it's all there it's all as embarrassing as it was back in high school but some of it i'll stand by some of it i think is some pretty good work yeah i'm i'm sure i'm sure it is i think uh, because especially back then like that was such a a new media a new a new way to kind of share your work um that i think people took a lot more care yeah. And stuff they wanted to do it. And then because now, I mean, honestly, you can record anything on your phone and just put on YouTube and uh, whatever, because there's. Oh, it's a whole different world. There's, now. There's, there's a film festival that is dedicated to movies made on iPhones. My gosh. See, I, that's another thing I want to get into with you. So, like, you finish high school, you go on with your life, you st- like get to know all these scripts and things like that. Um, you're reading all these scripts. You're learning so much about movies. Was there a change in how you consume movies um, after like kind of taking this like studious look in the movie industry? Uh, yeah. Um, slowly over time, as I would watch movies, I would start to break them down in my mind. And I still do it to this day. Um so a book I read that is kind of a lot of people's first screenwriting book and some people will kind of like people in the industry nowadays will kind of shit on it because it's it's old and a little outdated, but I still think it's a very valuable book, but it's called Save the Cat and it's written by the dude who wrote the movie Blank Check. And it's essentially just like a screen like, hey, here's here's like how you write and sell a screenplay, essentially. And it breaks down a movie or like the pages into a kind of format. And this is the format I still uh, reference to this day where it's like, Hey, on page one, you know, this is what's happening by page 10. It's like your introduction, all your characters should be introduced. Page 12 is like the, the catalyst that sets the story forward and so on and so forth. Um, So when I'm watching a movie, I'm always breaking down the movie and like kind of paying attention to the time to see like, are they kind of hitting that formula? And like 90% of the movies you watch are hitting that formula in one way or another. You can even take a three hour movie like Avengers Endgame and it's still hitting that formula. That is insane to me. 
Um, but I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Does does that affect your enjoyment of uh, watching movies? Uh, sometimes I will find myself getting distracted and I will just be like, all right, just stop paying attention to that. Like, um, just like enjoy the movie. And it's, you know, depending on the type of movie, it's easier. Like if I'm watching a big blockbuster, I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. I just want to sit here and let this wash over me and just like enjoy it. But when I watch something like maybe like a Christopher Nolan movie, like somebody who's like an art tour director, I want to be like, okay, well, like these people are obviously very successful at what they do. And I'm, I will try to break down their movies so I can just see like, what are they doing? That's making this work. Um, I, oftentimes I will say the first time I watch a movie, I'm just watching it, but it's on like reviewings and stuff like that, that I'm kind of just breaking them down in my head to be like, okay, well, how, how is this working for this movie? And how can I apply it to ideas that I have in my head and like make them better? Got it. Got it. That may, that makes a lot more sense. I know that would, I mean, that's one of the things that I have tried to avoid in, in, in my own passions is to try not to go too deep into it, because I know that as soon as I go too deep into something, it loses the magic. I think even just like my yeah. association with pro wrestling tees has a little bit ruined the magic of wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I don't watch wrestling as much as I used to just because I'm surrounded by it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I could still watch wrestling, but I definitely there's there is a little bit of that magic that's gone. But yeah. then again, like there is that like deeper appreciation for it as well. And I think that's what where we're at with you with movies. Exactly. And comparing it to wrestling, it's like when they make you forget the like how it's done is when it resonates with you more. Like I can watch something like Avengers Endgame. It's like, look, I know how they're making this, like, you know, green screen and all that. Like, I can sit there and explain to you how a scene is probably being done, but the movie's making me forget that, and it's making me not think about it. Or, like, in wrestling, like, hey, I know how storylines are written, but, man, watching Daniel Bryan win at WrestleMania 30 was still one of the coolest moments I've ever seen. I get it. I think that is probably the, the best explanation you can give to to understanding that about movies. Um, but I want to jump back. So when you kind of discover this website from your, would, would you call a mentor? Yeah, I would say. Um, what was, you said that at one point you decided, why doesn't someone make a podcast about this? How long into like reading these scripts did you have that realization? Um, probably like a year. Um, I'm trying to think. So the first script that actually gave me the idea, and it was one I eventually covered on the show with a friend of ours, uh, Matt Nix, um, was the original script to Prometheus, the Ridley Scott movie. Because the original script was called Alien Engineers, and it was more of an alien movie than the actual movie turned out to be. And I remember reading it and I was like, this is really good. Like, I I love Prometheus. I think it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies of, like, the last decade. Well, I guess more than a decade now. But but the original script was like, this is a, this is cool, too. And it was then it was, like, kind of a few years later because I worked at my previous job when I kind of read that. And then just, like, I, I really buckled down into my own writing and that went through, you know, many different processes. And 
it was when I eventually started working at Pro Wrestling Tees and was listening to a bunch of podcasts at work. And I was like, man, I always wanted a podcast, but I never wanted to just be another podcast. You know, I always wanted to have an idea. Like I, I tried doing a wrestling podcast for a little bit with like a friend of mine. I was just like, hey, we're just reviewing wrestling shows. And like, that's, there's so many of those out there. I don't want to do that. And then I tried doing like a writing podcast where I was like, oh, it'd be cool to write the first chapter of a story. You make it however long as you want. And then people write in and write the next part. And it just goes where it goes. Like you could do anything with, and I still think this is a good idea. I think somebody should do this, but um, the story just evolves to wherever. Like you could write this very serious, like horror story in the first chapter. And then the next chapter, somebody turns it into a comedy and it's like, all right, we just keep going. And somebody could write the ending at any time. And then you just move on to a new story. You know, the only problem is that needs an audience that participates, which I did not have. I mean, you, that really relates to the, creation of this podcast as well because i also always wanted to kind of create a podcast but i had no idea and i thought about a wrestling podcast as well because obviously that's like the default but again the same thinking that you had like i i don't want to just do it just to, to do it like i want to have a reason yeah um you, you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to just add to the noise and then really it was just the 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 idea being that um all these people have all these these amazing hobbies and passions, and I don't really have something as strong as that. Why don't I make the podcast about that to learn about all these things about people? Maybe I'll fall in love with something that someone else is in love with. Maybe I just like I mean, I really just like learning about stuff. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of the creation of this podcast. And it kind of relates a little bit to your to the movie writing aspect, because like you said before you read these scripts and you like you you start to like understand the beats of movie making you understand like the inner workings and like it's that 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 studious nature of it, i think that correct me wrong really grips you yeah and so sorry just to jump back a little bit i do want to say that i was so excited when uh nick was the one who told me that you were doing this podcast cuz i'm always the person who's like everybody should have a podcast like i all my friends everyone everybody should do a podcast they're so much fun and like when he told me what it was about i was just like oh that's that's so great i love it um but but yeah like when when you know people have you know because of my podcast people have asked me like i get some comments every now and then of like hey like i want to write movies i have ideas what should i do and the first thing i always tell is like okay well buy this book this and i recommend the book that i started with and always just just read just read as many pod or scripts as you can get your hands on and I, you know I'll, I'll give them the website resources that i am aware of and stuff and like that's just a good place to start is the more you read the more you understand and read scripts for movies that you're familiar with like like hey if you love the dark knight you can easily just google the dark knight script and find it and read it and like you could read it along with the movie and you can see what's happening when and how it all works and like you'll notice things that like you don't really know and for example like writing action in a script is so different than what you see on the screen like um the easy the, the always the thing i always think of is the episode of family guy of lois kills stewie stewie kills lois I'm not sure if you're familiar, but the end of the second episode is this huge fight between Stewie and Lois in the White House. 
and it's like all this crazy shit happening blah 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 and if you listen to the audio commentary track of that episode like all it said in the script is they fight and stewie gets the upper hand that's it so like you see how filmmaking is a collaborative process like the writer is one aspect of the movie then it's handed off to the director who then hires the stunt coordinators or animators or whatever to then figure that stuff out man i guess yeah it'd be impossible to like script all that stuff yeah because like if you're scripting action you're really just scripting the important parts to the story because as a writer you're a storyteller you're not of action choreographer so like if you have specific things you need in there like somebody reaches for a gun but somebody steps on their hand and they put pressure on their hand like yeah you'd put that stuff in there but if if it's like a martial arts fight you don't need to choreograph like like oh and then a sweep kick like low kick like you don't need that stuff like that's that's what the stunt coordinator is going to do you just need to tell the part that's important to the story so in in your your reading of these scripts and 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 learning about all this stuff what has been like the most surprising thing you've learned about the movie making process or script writing um I guess I don't want to say surprising because like I, I already knew this was the case, but how you'll read a script and just be like, this is incredible. Why has this not been made? And just how many answers there could be to that question and how arbitrary some of those reasons are. Like a lot of it just comes down to it hasn't hit the right hands yet or a studio doesn't want to put out the money or like an actor or writer can't agree to something like the making a movie is so hard and it's hard to even like the hard part is getting it started like when you get when you're in the process of making the movie there's tons of experts and stuff that know what to do and can tell you what to do but it's really just getting that movie going that seems like the hardest part so let's say i want to make a movie okay i write a script uh-huh what's the next step <laughs> well not so much what's what's the next step i guess i guess because you've you've written some scripts haven't you yeah and that is, that is my eventual goal is like i want to be a screenwriter and i have i have scripts written nothing that is good or nothing that is like worth doing anything with yet but that's the process writing is rewriting you know like you're gonna write a script like six or seven times before it's good well, how, so as as a writer yourself, what is what if you look at a script, what makes it good? What is there like any sort of like measurable idea <laughs> or is like what for you, what makes a good script? Well, I will say a script is never done up until the point that movie comes out. You are constantly working on it um to me like I just have stuff that I know when I read it. That's just like this could be better. Um, so for example, actually, you know, I wrote a wrestling script like a long time ago. That was like the first screenplay I ever finished. And I approached it as being the movie, the wrestler, but from a younger character's perspective, it's not about somebody at the end of their career. It's about somebody at the beginning of their career, but I was trying to match the tone of like, Hey, this is how serious this is. And this is how dangerous it can be and blah, blah, blah um and it, it's just kind of messy and it is too derivative of the wrestler so i'm like okay this is just like 
it just feels like a copy and so i'm like to me that's not good like that in my personal interest like maybe somebody would like it but i doubt it would ever get made because it's too similar to the movie that already exists um so i i just kind of toss it aside and like maybe that'll evolve into something else one day and i have kind of reapproached it in recent years of okay i need to you know now that i know people in the wrestling business because at the time when i wrote the original one i didn't now i had someone like nick that i can talk to and be like hey man like what help me understand this aspect of wrestling and stuff so i can make this story better and you know so i can now i can jump back into that one and write some more ideas um or i have this other one which i actually just recently sent out to a couple people for notes that is a story about depression and how like depression kind of affects the people around you because like i live uh very intimately with people in my life who have depression and kind of wanted to tell the side of the story of like the people who are trying to support people with depression but you read the movie and it's just it's kind of just like a thriller movie that's just to me that's what it is it's a story about depression but like i that script in particular i'm like okay these first 25 pages i think are solid and a a screenplay is usually about 90 to 110 pages somewhere in that range um but i feel like everything that comes after it is just complete trash it just feels uh generic and I don't want it to be generic. Like, yes, people can just make generic movies and get that made and collect a paycheck, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I first of all, you have to at least have something made before for people to even look at your stuff. So I'm looking at this as like, well, this isn't going to be a good introduction to who I am. So I know the back half of this needs to be rewritten to be something more interesting. It's all just personal preference. Like I could hand something to somebody, maybe they'll love it. But me as the creator, I don't, and I need ideas on how to make it better. So when your approach to script writing, it seems like you are always looking for something kind of close to you. You, you. you want to write about something that you have some knowledge of. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say every, every project you're writing should have a little bit of you in it. Otherwise, why are you writing it? Why isn't somebody else writing it? Like you need to tell the story that only you can tell. And yes, your story might take place in a movie like Die Hard, but there's an aspect of that story that is uniquely you. Like, for example, my thriller is about a like sort of serial killer type character but the core of the story is about this person and their depression and how that ties into the story, which is something that I have a unique experience with. Uh, I'm not going to dig too much deep because I don't want to it to be revealed on my podcast that you're aware of a serial killer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the part I was talking about. Yeah, that's what I figured. But I mean, it, so that's really interesting. Like when you are writing a script, is it? Is it to get anything like off your chest or is it really to like, I want to create the best movie? Is it, what is the end goal or is it a little bit of everything? It's, it's a little bit of everything. You know, every project has a different reason for existing. Like I have a big, so I guess I should start like the, and this is for anybody who wants to get into movies, start small, start with something that you believe that you could get made by yourself. Like, hey, I'm going to raise the money. I'm, I have the connections to possibly make this happen. Whether it's a short film or a feature film, 
getting into the business, the only real way that I can see is, and I'm not somebody who's in the business. I know people in the business, but that is my goal. But makes you need to make something. Like you need to have something that says, hey, I can do this. Here is my calling card, my resume, whatever. But on, cause then that opens the door to, Hey, I also have this huge, big budget sci-fi film that I just want to sell to somebody, which I do. I have a big budget, like matrix style sci-fi film that to me, is just like, Hey, I just want to make this awesome action movie. So that one is less so of like, Hey, I got something to say versus, Hey, this is my opinion of a great action film. But next to it, I have this very personal drama about dealing with the death of my mother. You know, like it all it all ties in. Yeah, that I I think that really like tells like shows a picture of like the I guess the vastness of the movie industry and the movies and everything. Like, not everything fits into a nice, neat uh, box. That's the oh, term. and there are genres all over the place. Like one of my favorite movies is a movie called Blue Ruin, which is a horribly depressing movie, but it's very good. And that's not for everybody. Like it, it is. And I, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but like it's a movie about a guy who like his family was killed or his parents were killed by this dude who is now getting out of jail. And he's like, well, I'm going to go kill this guy to avenge my family but he's completely inept at anything like he doesn't even know how to fire a gun and it's just this like kind of depressing look of this person who can't deal with their trauma but like i think it's a very good movie but like there are other people who would watch that and just be like man what the fuck is wrong with you for liking that movie and like but then there's people who just like hey man i just want to go see the next big superhero movie that's all i'm looking for and it's all valid yeah, I mean that that really that really speaks to the idea like uh, everyone's going to approach a movie with their own experiences. So really you can't necessarily consider that when you're writing a movie. It's really just you write from your own experiences if you have them, but really you're you're writing a story. Like you you've, you've said multiple times this podcast, you're a storyteller and uh, however someone it's uh, like any art everyone's going to interpret it differently and you just have to kind of put out what what most honors the story am i am exactly. i understanding correctly no yeah, that's that's absolutely correct and that can also evolve like for example me and my wife we are trying to have kids and now i cannot watch a pixar movie without crying because anything that involves like a familial relationship it just it hits me right in the heart because that's what i want and like you know i wasn't like that 10 years ago yeah, I mean, that's not the the human nature. Like as we grow, things that we consume are going to be very different. That I never really, really kind of thought about that because, like, I so I just recorded a podcast on for for someone. I was a guest. It's it's crazy being a guest on podcast now. It's um, so weird. I love but, it though. <laughs> I'd love to just guess on podcasts and never have to do mine again. It's a lot. It's a lot easier. A lot less editing and things like that. Um, not that I do a ton of editing on this podcast, as yeah. everyone listening can hear. Um, <laughs> but uh, we talked about Forrest Gump because Forrest Gump was a. I mean, it, it's one of my favorite movies, and it and it came out at a time like the perfect time where 
it was on TBS like every day, four times a day. So you're just yeah. like uh, surrounded by it. And it was great before the podcast. I rewatched it and I was like, I'm really glad I chose this movie because like from a as a more grown up person, like the the like the the love story between Forrest and Jenny was yeah. a lot stronger um, because I'm kind of at that age now where I mean that it like I, I'm somewhere in the middle between Forrest and Jenny and and the desire for a relationship. Um, but like, I can understand those two areas where one person just knows what they want and they are in love and they just want to, to kind of, they want the other person to understand. And then the other person is like, I don't want to tie anyone down. I don't want to like, I want to experience things. I need to go out and become a better person by the end of the day, they find themselves together, and that's that's the the magic of movies. And speaking of like the the magic of movies, when you are writing a script, is the idea being like you can control the ending? Does that have any draw to the the movie might or movie writing or storytelling to you? Uh, yes, um, it's the whole process is just creativity you know like being able to create a world that is exactly i as i envisioned it and i've heard other writers say the same thing because when so screenwriting in particular is a very strange business and i say business because like yes it's a passion but it's a business you're trying to make money so you could write something that you think is absolutely perfect but you want to sell that movie and a studio is going to look at it and they're going to have different thoughts and they're going to be like, Hey, we want to change this, 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 and this, and then we'll make it. And you gotta be like, okay, how much am I getting paid? Okay. That works. And like, it'll always be perfect to you. You'll always have that version on your computer. That is the version you envisioned. But eventually if it if it does get made because a lot of scripts just get sold and sit on the shelf like you don't see 90 percent of the work that writers do um but it's it's their paycheck they're happy to do it and you know then you can go on to your next thing like i can create this world i can create that world uh it's just the idea that literally i'm gonna sit there at a blank piece of paper and or a blank computer screen and make whatever flow from my fingertips has there ever been a as a script that you've written that you're like, um, if someone like this is something I don't want to change. There's nothing I want to change about this. I'm okay if this mm. doesn't get sold. I will wait to see if I can get this movie made as is. Like a script that I've read that I was like, please don't change anything. Just like this is how it should be. Sure. Either either uh... word read or if you've if it's a script you've written and you're like I there's nothing wrong. Like I don't want like, obviously like small notes and like that, but I don't want yeah, any yeah. major parts of the story change. Um, uh, well, I always say that my favorite script that I've read for the show was the, the director of Mad Max Fury road, George Miller. He wrote a justice league script in the mid two thousands. Uh, and that is probably my favorite script I've read for the show. 
but I definitely wouldn't say it's perfect. You know, like I could, I could see things that could change, but I would, I would definitely be like, Hey, if this was made as is, I would be perfectly fine with it. Um, and there was another one I, I did on the show. I, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, I think it was called great falls. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it, but I, I really enjoyed that one. And that was definitely one of the ones I read was like, why has this not been made? And I, yeah, I honestly probably wouldn't need to change anything in that one. Like the one thing I remember reading about it is there is a character central to the plot that I thought they could have done more with, but it wasn't, it wasn't the most important thing to the story. Like you could have made it as it was. And um, it, it would have been, I think a pretty good movie. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it, it's a tough question. I definitely, especially with my own stuff, like, oh, all of it needs to be changed. All of it. <laughs> but um, I would never say there's a perfect script that I've read. I can look at movies and be like, that is a perfect script. So recently I was watching the first Back to the Future. And that is the maybe the most perfect movie I've ever seen. There is not a single line of dialogue in that movie that is wasted everything like if, just go back and watch the first what like 20 25 minutes before he goes back in time and every single line of dialogue in that movie comes up when he's in the past to like and i, I wish i could remember the line specifically because there's always things where they talk about like oh you know your uncle joey didn't make parole or whatever and then he goes back to the past and he sees his uncle joey as a baby in his crib and he's like better get used to these bars kid and like, you know, there's stuff like that, but it's like every time I watch that movie, there's like another little line or I'm like, oh my God, this totally comes up later. And like, it is a perfect movie. That is a movie I think I need to rewatch pretty soon. I, that is like, obviously I've seen Back to the Future yeah. a bunch of times, but I think when rewatching Forrest Gump, I was like, I need to rewatch all these great movies that I like. Same director too, I believe. Robert Zemeckis did both. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, maybe I'll just watch all of Robert Zemeckis. Zemeck- nope. Let's try Zemeckis. it again. Zemeckis. Okay. Uh, Robert, well, there's definitely Robert a cutoff Z. point. Uh, well, okay. Let, let's let's dive a little bit into that. What is the... Where is the, the point where our good friend Robert Z jumped the shark? Uh, I'm actually pulling up his list right now because <laughs> I know it's it's kind of hard because he's got a lot of credits here. Don't show me producer. Show me director. OK, he's directed 33 films and uh, he did Beowulf, which I know is not a great. OK, maybe Castaway. Castaway is probably a good cutoff point. Like there's there's good movies after that. Like Flight is a good movie. But a- after that, it's like Beowulf, A Christmas Carol the walk like a lot of allied like a lot of forgettable movies but everything like before castaway is pretty on point so i guess as as someone who writes scripts um what like i obviously want to have one of your scripts developed into a movie what is have you talked to directors like have you have you talked to people that are in other parts of the movies and like have is there like what is that discussion like um i haven't talked to many people in the industry about my own stuff uh my my as you said before my mentor my my buddy jeff 
he's the one I always kind of go to with all my questions and stuff. And he's super generous. You know, I'm, he's always like a phone call away type guy. And he, he gives me advice, but I've never had anything that I felt was solid enough to really bring to anybody and be like, okay, actually that's not true. Um, me and him, were going to make a short film last year and then COVID happened and I was not, we were not able to, uh, I wrote a very short, very short is like 10 pages, which in screenwriting terms is generally every page of a screenplay is about a minute of screen time, obviously with action and stuff like that, that can change. So it was about a 10 page short, probably about a 10 to 12 minute short. And uh, we, you know, we were like, Hey, it was a very simple thing to do. Uh, we were going to film it down in Texas where he's based. Cause it takes place on like a farm and he's like, Oh, well, we got those everywhere. And uh, he has a lot of friends and uh, some of them that I've met, like I've entered, he's introduced me like a lot of the interviews I have on my podcast. I've actually gotten through him. Um, so like, Oh, well, like these people, you know, we could probably all just do this and it'd be like a one day shoot and get it done and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that that was kind of the only, the closest I've ever come to anything like that. And I actually kind of want to reach out to him now that vaccines are rolling out. Like, hey, maybe we can do it this year. But um, any anything else, I haven't really felt like it was in a place that it was worth discussing with anybody other than, hey, can you read this and give me notes? Which he has always been more than happy to do. Um, so I guess I can just talk about like getting notes from someone is kind of the only thing where it's just like, Hey, don't take it personally. Don't get upset about it. Recognize that something you wrote might not be great and be willing to see how you can make use of the notes you're given. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's an important part of the, the creative process, especially when you're creating things for other people to consume. Like it's different than like, if I like to draw for myself, I mean, there there's, I've, I've done a little bit of sketching. I'm a terrible artist, but like there are a few sketches I've made that are like, this is just something I just need to, to write. But I mean, something like a, a movie script really, you can't really do that because the whole idea of a movie script or any type of script is for it to be performed. Yes. It's, yeah. And it's a different style of writing, like writing a novel, is very different because you have to paint a picture in someone's mind versus writing a script is you're writing for a visual medium, kind of like writing for comics is also very different. And also the hardest of the writing forms, I would say. That's interesting. That's interesting. So you brought up COVID. Yeah. It's a, a big part of the world right now, but things are starting to look better, but everyone out there doesn't mean you can start partying just because there's a couple people gotten vaccines. We need to still, Please, no. we need, still need to, to work together to make sure this doesn't look, I had it. It sucks. Just stay home for a few more months. If you can, please. There you go. Uh, from the great Jeremy Meyer, stay home for a few more months. The official words of Jeremy Meyer. Um, but I mean, obviously COVID has had a, a drastic, influence on the movie industry and and particularly like what are movie theaters gonna be like where do you kind of see where do you kind of see that in the future like is that a concern for you as someone who wants to make movies like what does that look like um 
Well, I have, I have actually two different trains of thoughts on this as, as a fan of movies and as somebody who wants to make movies. As somebody who wants to make movies, the sad part of it is, is like, I'm sorry, but Netflix exists, Hulu exists, Amazon exists. If theaters don't exist anymore, I can still get movies made. So as long as a paycheck option is still there, I guess that's fine. But as the fan part of me is, I there's nothing I love more than going to the movies. Um, I have dealt with like some depression during COVID because like there's no new movies coming out. I haven't been to a theater since last February. The last movie I saw in theaters was birds of prey. And I'm just like, I miss it so much. <laughs> like I want to go to the movies so bad. And like, there were so many movies last year that were like highly anticipated for me. Like I would pay $50 right now. If they put that James Bond movie out on any rental service, like I wanted to see that more than anything last year. And I have not gotten to see any new movies like Tenant, the Christopher Nolan movies, like the only one. And it's aside from stuff that hit streaming, you know, like what there, which there was some good stuff and some streaming services paid out to have some bigger movies out. Um, so that was cool, but I, I miss it so much. And I am, I don't want to see theaters go away. Like I love the theater that I go to on a regular basis. Um, it's it's great and just getting there with my popcorn like seeing it on the big screen i love it and i i I hope they're able to survive what's been going on and i don't know what that experience is going to be like i'm sure some people are going to be hesitant but honestly once i'm vaccinated i'm like hey i'm good to go man like get me in a theater (laughs) but um yeah it's it's scary it's scary to think of what's going to happen to the theaters yeah i mean i'd like i'm 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 pretty optimistic in that uh, there'll probably be less movie theaters going forward. And it'll be even like, I think even it started even before COVID kind of transition from a thing you would do all the time to more of like a special occasion type thing. Cause so, so many movies I think don't necessarily lend themselves to needing to be in the theater, but I think there is something special about that the environment and like yeah and i agree with you i i would save my theater going experiences mostly for like blockbuster movies like i generally don't go see comedies in the theater unless it's something i really want to see like hey i don't want to wait then i'll go see it but generally i'm saving my theater experiences for like blockbuster movies and stuff like that yeah i mean uh, part of the 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 joy of going to a theater is, is, is the shared experience. I mean, uh, a recent episode of this podcast, um, I talked to someone and he mentioned going to see, I think it was a racer head and in theater, this is well after it was out. So it was like a yeah, screening, yeah. like going to see like an, like a re-release or whatever, yes. which I've, I've never done, honestly. Well, so he, there's, there's a whole bunch of David Lynch fans and he like ran to the front. He wanted to sit in the very front and like, look up. I don't. I don't that's, know the reason that's why. That's insanity. Yeah, but like someone else was right there. Like, turned to him and is like, "So is this where the the real fans sit?" <laughs> and, and he's like, "You know what? I I don't know, but I guess so." And like, there's that like that feeling of there uh, is an answer to that question actually. Oh, it, is that where the real fans sit? Uh, no, the real well. If you want the best movie theater experience, technically you should sit in the dead center because that is how theaters are designed for the best sound acoustics. They're going to go to the center of the room. 
Yeah. I think for most of you, I don't know specifically about Eraserhead or the, the, uh, that's not one I'd be wanted right up against the screen for, for sure. I I don't know. But like he, like he expressed it. It was like just the thought of like, Oh no, we're all here to see this movie. Like the, the collective joy of that. And I think that is going to be something that I think will come back where once the the virus is kind of in, under control and so many people are vaccinated people are going to feel want to go out there and, and have that connection yeah. and i think movies uh, play such an important role in that because it's not i think part of us we're not going to know how to be as social as we were oh a thousand percent and i think like movies are going to be that like safe net like i don't need to go and talk to someone for a couple hours i can be in in close proximity to other people enjoying a shared experience um, without that like social anxiety. So that's, that's kind of where I see movies and I hope, I hope we're close to that. I hope. Uh, I, I, I think you might be right. So I think for one, our country has showed us that people are willing to go out no matter what. So I think people are going to show up at the movies, but um, what if like, so there, you know, there's been a lot of discourse in the movie community of like people saying, like, "Oh, like Marvel movies ruin film and blah blah blah," which is just stupid. Um, but what if it makes us more social that everybody's been dying for some social interaction? So blockbusters, like, hey, you know, Black Widow comes out, everybody's been dying for a new Marvel movie, so maybe the theaters will get flooded with a ton of business, and then maybe afterwards people want to hang out and talk about it. Like, what if that happens? That would be kind of weird. Maybe I mean it might it it might just be the social lubricant, yeah, um, that people need to like know how to have a conversation again. Like I do always love the moment when you're leaving a theater and you're kind of hearing what other people are saying to their like dates or their friends or whatever. Like, oh, you know, what do you think? Blah blah blah. And like I I kind of love hearing that stuff. And what if, you know, that's that's still going to happen. And then what if people turn around and be like, oh, well, here's what I thought because like I've been dying to talk to another human for the last year. Yeah, I mean, I think we can only hope. I think this this generation. Uh, I just I read an article that the the children growing up right now are Generation C, um, because they're 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 growing up with like the COVID being the formative aspect. Like for us, it was nine eleven. Yeah. Um, but for them, it's COVID, and like. Obviously I find it very that. strange that my wife is nannying for a couple of young kids and one of them was born in COVID. It's the only one they've known. And the other has spent a majority of her life in COVID. Yeah. It's just, it's a crazy time, but we all, I think we always have movies in the future to look forward to. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're able to, to talk and, and, and we've talked about, different aspects of movies on the podcast before, but really the just a look into like the script writing and like the formation of movies. I think w I'm really glad that you're able to, to share that with everyone. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, it's such a, it's, it's the part of movie making that you don't see at all. Um, but it really is yeah. the backbone of movie making. 
Yeah, and I'd recommend anyone who's even slightly interested in it, dig through your Blu-ray collection, your DVD collection, whatever you got. If a movie has an audio commentary track, it is the best film school you'll ever get. Watch. That's one of the things that got me into it early on is I watched... I, and I, it's a very bad movie, so I hate to say it, but the first Resident Evil movie, um, I dug through every special feature on that DVD just because I was so fascinated with all the behind the scenes stuff. And I was like an audio commentary track, like, what is this? And I watched it and I was like, this is incredible. And I dug through every single DVD I owned and watched the whatever one had one on every movie. And it's always one of the things I love to dive into on the special features of a Blu-ray. That is, and I think that's even more important with like DVDs kind of fading away. Yeah, which uh, I'm I'm a collector. I hate the idea. Like I think Disney said that they're going to stop making as many Blu-rays, and I I heard they're not doing any. I think. Yeah, and that, I think they did backpedal that a little bit because I mean it is a double dip of money for them. Like I'm sure Marvel movies will still get a Blu-ray and stuff like that, but I it, it bums me out to think that. Like, hey, is Mandalorian ever going to come out on Blu-ray? Because I'd love to put it on the shelf next to my Star Wars collection. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an, another conversation for another podcast. Um, as we finish up here, I do want to let everyone know where can people find you on the internet, where how they can listen to your podcast. Tell everyone everything. Absolutely. Um, so I have the Shelled Film Podcast, which you can find pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, um, Stitcher, Google Play, if that's still a thing. Um, it should be everywhere. YouTube. Um, also, we have a Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash shelved. And I actually just revamped all my reward tiers um and there's there's one as cheap as one dollar if you just want to if you hey if you got a dollar every month you can just do that so um also our merch store at below the collar uh just search for the shelf podcast got some great t-shirts based on like movie title designs the jurassic park one i actually made myself very proud of that uh what about social media Oh yeah, social media. Uh, they're, they're Twitter and Instagram for both uh, the podcast and myself, uh, which uh, mine is at Advent underscore Crash, which I'm I'm more active on. I should be more active on my podcast as well, but those are both at Shelf Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, I definitely suggest everyone go out and 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 check out that podcast. It's it's an interesting look at movies, and it's an area that I I mean, obviously these movies were never made. Um, at least in the in the way that these scripts are initially written. Um, so it's really a, an interesting look at the movie making process and like understanding storytelling. Um, but definitely worth the listen. Um, if you want to uh, connect with this podcast, you can find us at What Do You Like Podcast on Instagram, at WDYL Podcast on Twitter. You can go to our website, whatdoyoulikepodcast.com. We have new episodes every Tuesday um, talking with people like Jeremy about their passions, um, trying to learn more about them and learn more about the passion. Um, if you've liked what you've listened to today, definitely give us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to um and most importantly if you've enjoyed this tell a friend um the the goal of of i think podcasting in general is to really share a common story um so if you've enjoyed this share it with a friend grow the community so that we can continue telling these stories um and learning about what these people truly love um 
thanks again, Jeremy. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. It's always good to talk to another Jeremy. Um, <laughs> and and we'll we'll have that uh, one day. We'll do that. Uh, why Jeremy is the greatest name podcast conversation. I'm sure. Yes, just make everyone envy our name. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Thanks again for everyone listening. And with that, we will see you next time.